Blog Talk Radio.
I am Jehovah, the mighty God. Welcome to Miracle Internet Church. I'm Pastor Sabrina, and I welcome you on behalf of all our members and leadership, on behalf of the kingdom of God, and on behalf of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. We want to thank you for joining us, and we pray that you hear from God tonight. Amen? Whatever it is you need an answer to, I pray that you receive your answer, or your solution, whatever that may be. Amen? We are a Christian, non-denominational, Protestant, international church that was founded in the love of God. Amen? We want to thank the Lord for giving us this opportunity and avenue to share abroad the love of Jesus and his word. We want to thank the Lord for sustaining us. We want to thank the Lord for promoting us. We want to thank the Lord for guiding and directing us, for keeping us, for warring for us, for defending us. We want to thank the Lord. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, to all of you who are already in the chat room, uh, I placed the answer to a question that... uh, some people have been wondering about. So it is there for you to read and to be informed. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. For those of you who cannot read it because of technological situations or whatever, the question is, why is consecration important to God? Why is consecration important to God? And the answer is, It means full devotion, full devotion. It's the kind of devotion that sets you apart and makes you sold out to the Lord. As believers, we are called to consecration. Biblically, this means living a life surrendered to the Lord, accepting his will for us, and seeking that will each day. When we attend church at Miracle Internet Church, we take time to separate ourselves from all that has occupied our attention all day or all week. We prepare our hearts to hear from God. We humble ourselves in reverence and submission to his holiness and to his will, and we devote this time to God. Amen? Amen. So I think that speaks to and answers some questions that have been in the mind of some of you. And I pray that if you that's not enough or you didn't understand, you'll write me at gproom at outlook.com and ask me your question. Amen? Amen. So um, there are a lot of things going on uh, in the realm of the spirit and in the natural world. A lot. It's a bit much to try to keep up with it, but we're going to do what God has called us to do. 
and I know that the Lord is pleased. Amen? Um, We always, or for the most part, uh, present adjudications to the righteous judge toward the end of our, or the latter segment, rather, of our broadcast. That's important. This is part of the work that this ministry does in the kingdom of God. And your agreement in prayer is important. Your agreement in prayer is important. You see, we have enemies in the spirit realm, and we need to do our part. Amen? Amen. We should take it seriously when God calls us to war. I know some of us say, well, I'm tired. Uh, These people were tired, too. There are many places in the Bible uh, where where the workers of God, the people of God, the warriors of God were tired. But they worked on, tired and all. And so... We do, too. We do, too. There's a reward for those who are diligent to stick with God. Amen? There are. You know, the Bible says, if I can find the scripture I'm looking for, I will, I think, in just a minute. Amen. I'll find it in just a second. Ah, here it is. How should one chase a a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight? The Bible says that one of us will chase a thousand and two put ten thousand to flight. Well, we have many more than that. Amen? So the enemy has to be put out of his place. He's attempting to take authority in a place where he doesn't have any. God's given us authority, dominion, and power. And it's our responsibility to stand up against the enemy. It's our responsibility to bind the devil and his works. It's our responsibility to be accountable to God. Amen. He tells us in the scriptures to occupy till he comes. So we pray that you will come into agreement with our adjudications, our presentations of these situations and every aspect concerning them to the righteous judge. Because just as surely as we present them, he releases judgments in the earth. And his judgments make a difference. Amen? His judgments make a difference. It makes a difference in our lives. You know, not too long ago, we visited a scripture in Jeremiah where it tells us to pray about the cities that we live in, the areas that we live in, so that we would live a peaceful life. Well, now it appears that we live in the whole world. We need to present these situations and concerns to the Lord that his judgment from his throne in heaven would be what comes to to bear here on the earth. Amen? The devil's busy. He's got a lot of people running around, don't know what they're doing, 
They don't know who God really is. And they make choices and decisions that affect the lives of people everywhere. But then as soon as they finally discover how wrong they were, then they want to say, but I didn't know this and I didn't know that. But that's not going to change the damage that's been done. It won't restore a thing. So we're going to do our part, what God has called us to do, and we're going to continue to present them before the Lord. Most of you have learned quite a bit just listening to them. Things that you would never have known nor understood, you clearly have an understanding of. I can say that I feel confident that you have a better understanding of world affairs than most people do. And that when you speak about it, it's from being informed and intelligent. Thank you for that. Thank you very much for that. Some people don't know what they're standing for, but at least you do know. So we're going to go on tonight with what God has planned for us. And we're going to thank him for the blessing. Amen? Because the blessing of the Lord makes rich, and he adds no sorrow with it. So we want to thank the Lord for his blessings to us tonight. We want to thank him uh, for the forgiveness of our sins. And we want to forgive those who have in any way offended us. Amen. We want to forgive from our heart all who have offended us, whether it was uh, intentional or unintentional whether they did it in knowledge or in ignorance. And we forgive them. Amen? Jesus died for every sin. So we want to thank the Lord for the privilege and the opportunity to forgive and to be forgiven because God says that if we don't forgive others, he won't forgive us. So we stand in agreement with the Lord. And we choose to forgive because he said so and because we want to be forgiven. Amen? We want to be forgiven. Now, if you're not all that interested in being forgiven, we'll pray for you because you don't quite realize how serious forgiveness is, how important it is in our lives. Amen? Let's go before the Lord. Amen. Let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus, which through your eternal spirit purges our conscience from dead works in order to enable us to serve you. Thank you for redeeming us through the precious blood of Christ who became an eternal sacrifice for our sins without any blemish or imperfection. Through your son, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood for us, we are able to believe in you, Father, because your word assures us that you raised Jesus from the dead and gave him glory so that all our faith and hope would be in you. 
through the blood of Jesus, you have reconciled us to yourself, Father. And being reconciled, we are likewise saved through his life. Thank you so much for the power of his blood. Your word shows how the Israelites applied sacrificial blood to the doorpost of their houses in order to keep the plague from coming near their dwellings. We claim the protective power of Jesus' blood for us and our family, Lord. We praise you for your promise that assures us that when you see the blood of Christ, you will be sure to protect us. Thank you, Father. You teach us in your word that we are able to overcome the enemy, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. Therefore, we plead the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ over our home and family, and we know you will plant your hedge of protection around us because as for us and our homes, we will serve you. Help us, Father, to walk in the light as Jesus is in the light because we know this will enable us to have true fellowship with other believers, and the blood of Jesus Christ will cleanse us from all sin. The blood of Jesus was shed for the remission and forgiveness of our sins. Therefore, we know we are freely justified by his grace through the redemption his blood provides for us. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus to be a sacrifice for our sins. And we respond to this truth of our faith with total trust in the power of his blood. With your help, we will declare his righteousness to the world, and we will accept the certainty that all our sins have been fully remitted through his blood. In the same way that we have been justified through his blood, we know we will be saved from wrath through him. Father, thank you for the power of Jesus' blood in our lives. Amen? Thank you for the power of Jesus' blood in our lives. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we recognize and are willing to submit ourselves to your authority, order, and your will in our lives. We ask your mercy and forgiveness for our rebellion and pride. Spirit, help us to realize when we are in sin. Lord, continue to correct our lives. Correct us. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth. We choose not to resent it when you chasten and correct us because your punishment is proof of your love for us. You want us to be better, so you correct us in love. Lord Jesus, deliver us from our fears and our unbelief. We realize that you have called us to change. Lord, increase our faith in you. 
Help us to unlearn the wrong which we have embraced and to learn your ways. Lord, help us to be truthful with you and ourselves. Help us to confess our fears, our doubts, our jealousies, our envies, our foolishness, inadequateness, and outright lies. Teach us, Lord, to dismiss our own opinion and preference for your opinion. Lord, renew our minds by your word. Father, we humble ourselves before you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. 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 It's good. It's good, saints to come before the Lord in great humility. It helps. Yes, it does, because it's obedience to the Lord. Amen. Father, you open the eyes of all who wait upon you, and you give them their meat in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and holy in all his works. The Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon him, to all that call upon him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. Amen. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the armor of God. We thank you that we wear it into warfare with you. We thank you that our loins are girded about with the spirit of truth. Holy Spirit, we thank you for conviction. Holy Spirit, we thank you for letting us know when we walk outside of truth. We thank you for showing us when we are wrong. We thank you for revealing to us when we are in pride. We thank you, Lord, for giving us truth and knowledge when we have chosen ignorance and backwardness instead. Keep us, Lord, in line with the word of God. Help us, Lord, to submit to the word. Thank you, Lord, for uncovering error in our lives and in our belief system. We thank you and we give you praise for it, Father, in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, when we put on the helmet of salvation and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. The glory of the Lord is our rear guard, and you put a hedge around us. We're covered by the blood of Jesus. We are the head and not the tail, and no weapon formed against us shall be able to prosper. We thank you, Lord, that you are a shepherd and we shall not want, for you have supplied all our need according to your riches and glory, and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We thank you, Father, for casting down, teaching us to cast down, every imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every single thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. 
So we cast all of our cares upon you, Lord, because you care for us. We thank you that we walk in divine health, and we give you praise, glory, and honor for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all of his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, decisions, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and their wicked powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong men and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind our trafficking demons, reporters, watchers, peeps, listeners, whispers, familiar demons, electronic, digital, technology demons, and their attacks. We bind our Leviathan spirits and their attacks, all brainwashing Kundalini spirits and their attacks, marine and water spirits and their attacks, sex devils and their attacks, unclean spirits, their attacks, passive devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust spirits, and sorcery devils and all of their attacks, all the seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits and their attacks, all the voices of the stranger and their attacks, all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intent. We thank you, Lord. We give you the praise in Jesus' name. We bind the Havana syndrome, brain changes, injuries, all remote viewing, all sonic and audio weapons, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, the seducer, and their attacks, all hypnotic and trance devils and their attacks, all mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind 5G and their components in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over all powers and all weapons being sent against us from what we call outer space or some other galaxy, from another planet, from another star in in our solar system or in another solar system, from any station that was planted on a planet, from all the satellites that have been launched into outer space, from any orbit of any planet in the name of Jesus. All of those weapons coming against us, we raise the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We bind those weapons and we send their beams back from whence they came in Jesus' name. We thank you. We pull down all protection, all protections in that world, in that realm, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, and we give you praise for what you are doing. 
Things are being ordered in the heavenlies. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We thank you, Lord. That you are opening up the sins, the evil, and the wickedness that is being done in the earth, that we might come to you and pray, Lord. We thank you for uncovering what has been kept secret and kept hidden. Your word promises, Lord, that nothing's going to be remain hidden forever, that it will come exposed. You promise that if we follow you, that we will walk in the light of life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We take authority, dominion, and power over the supposed light of cults in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind that light in the name of Jesus Christ because that light is darkness. The Bible says that if the blind lead the blind, they all go into the ditch. So we thank you. We bind all those false lights in the name of Jesus, and we shut them down in Jesus' name. We bind every order of magic and mystic art. We bind all the hypnotic trance devils and their attacks and mystic rituals and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the senders. We bind Caribbean and Latin American black and white magic. We bind Buddhist black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, North American, South American, Polynesian, Islander, Witchcraft and occultism in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind the witchcraft and occultism of every cult, of every coven, every coven of witches, warlocks, wizards, sorcerers, diviners, and liars. Heathen, we bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind bind conclaves of of evil. In the name of Jesus Christ, we take authority, dominion, and power over the the front organizations for evil and wickedness in Jesus' name. We bind every group that comes under the heading of the Illuminati in Jesus' name. We bind all of the organizations, all the non-governmental organizations, every organization that has joined in with Satan to do harm to God's people, to God's intent and will in the earth, in Jesus' name. We bind your agendas. We bind your plan. We bind your schedule in the name of Jesus Christ. We strip you of the authority that you think you have because all power belongs to God, and we transfer it back to him. We take authority, dominion, and power over global cabals. And we bind all that you do and all that you have done. The foundation on which you stand is sin and deception and lies and evil. And it shall not stand in the name of Jesus Christ. It shall not stand. We take authority, dominion, and power over every false religion. We bind third wave organizations in Jesus' name. 
and all of their error in the name of Jesus Christ. We lift up to you, Lord, those that are actually telling the truth, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth according to the spirit of truth. We give you praise, glory, and honor. We bind forth feedback, cyber-stalking, cyber-sex, cyber-sex crime, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems, brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy, microwave weapons, binding all vibrations which are demons, binding electromagnetic attacks, smart technology and particle attacks, Technopaganism and mind control by the occult. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We bind all Morgellons attacks, and we return every attack to the sender. We bind the culture of corruption worldwide. We bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits, trapping them into their shifted forms for eternity. We bind each demon responsible for the dominion of sin. In our culture, we bind impulsivity, inattention, Racing mind, hyperactivity, low levels of dopamine. We bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. <clears throat> we bind the power of the dog and every abomination that's been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect. We bind all satanic ritual abuse, devils, satanic worship, witchcraft dedications, and all rituals done on the phases of the moon. We bind all formations of bullflies and demonic insects and spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, human reasoning, and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes. We bind all the demons all the demons that have come to church tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all the demons that have come to church tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We bind spirits of all the demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, confuse, pervert, Stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, corrupt, undermine, despise, bewitch, assassinate, divide, confound, attack, reproach, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We bind the shedding of injected persons upon us. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools in the spirit of the fool in Jesus' name. We bind the carnal mind. We bind the fool's anger in Jesus' name. Amen. We bind food lust, addictions, and gluttony. We bind false flags. We return to sender according to the covenant, all and every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, all blowbacks, all vengeance, blood rituals, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting of our righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us. Astral projection, sending demons to us to work against us and against all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights. 
returning to sender all witchcraft attacks through channeling the satellite and against the website and the app. Binding all abortions as, ma- as a magical ritual. Binding all Cameroonian wizardry, black magic, jujus, hexes, vexes, and such. Return to sender. All tribal witchcraft sent against any member of MIC. Bound and returned to sender in Jesus' name. All Chaldean witchcraft, all Spanish witchcraft. Return to sender in Jesus' name. We are breaking and destroying our social, emotional, and psychological ties with food and drink, which are displeasing to Jesus Christ, binding superficial religious acts. Every act of sexual sin is bound in Jesus' name, binding magic spells for love, money, protection, black magic, white magic, candle magic, hoodoo, root work, lucky charm, time magic, and folk magic spells, binding the demons of energies, boomeranging their wicked works upon them, binding all magical language, magic signs, magical patterns, even in numbering, Binding synchrony, binding and caging Poseidon and other underwater demons and stripping them of their crowns and powers and transferring them to Jesus Christ. Binding all summonings of demons in the name of Jesus Christ. Binding Jewish black magic mysticism, magic writings, magic artifacts. Binding the essence of magic and Jewish magic by practitioners, amulets, bowls, precious stones, incantations, Divining practices, magic spells, and potions. Thank you, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. Thank you, Father. Thank you for leading us and guiding us into your truth. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient arts, mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, Great Reset, Make Believe, Fantasy, Fables, Enchantments, False Religions, Numerology, Horoscopes, La La Land, the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit and the children of disobedience, martial arts, yoga, transcendental medicine, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits, spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem, oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, vile PK, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings, and we chain them with eternal chains into darkness, sending them into the spiritual cage into the feet of Jesus for judgment. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial animals, food, fecal, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry, and we bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, unyielding, nature worship, deception, idle mind, unfocused mind, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, violence, and temptation to sin. We bind Baal, Beelzebub, Belial, Mammon, Atlas, Baphomet, Apollyon, Zeus, Neptune, Python, Molech, Kali, all false gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, on and all false deities in Jesus' name. We bind Baphomet in his 72, and we chain you with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the work of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and dolls, 
cold and hot spots, psychic weapons, prompters, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, designs, signals, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the powers of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, vow, pledge, and pact in the name of Jesus. We bind the rituals, the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, the worship, the grip, Freemasonry, the rituals of every secret society, and those of the associated organizations in Jesus' name. We give you the praise, Lord. We give you the glory and honor. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for the blessing. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind insanity, pride, the work of errors, foolishness of our own opinions. We bind being misled and misleading others. We return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke and chain, and to call for justice and plead for truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and the truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we disconnect ourselves. And bind every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, or transferred to us in the name of Jesus Christ. We command those spirits to leave us now in the name of Jesus. We take authority, dominion, and power over any spirits coming through our web pages on the computer or through our phone lines, and we return them in any curses in the name of Jesus. Father, we pray for the peace of Jerusalem and everywhere for kings, for all who are in authority and all true Christians everywhere, including the January 6th prisoners and all who are being persecuted and left behind in Afghanistan or elsewhere. Though though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies and your right hand shall save us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we cover ourselves with the blood of Jesus and cover our mode of transportation, Father. We take authority, dominion, and power over all interference in our pathway, and we thank you for dispatching your angels ahead of us, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. We honor you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. 
Runge de rebreche la de Josun de rebreche de Diosula la dia. Runde rebreche de dia de Diosula la Diosu. Father, we lift up the interference. Eh, ruke de rebrecha. Runge de rebreche la de Diosuta la break. That we had at the end of the broadcast, on our last broadcast, in the name of Jesus Christ. We take authority, dominion, and power over every electronic or technological problem begun and carried through by the enemy in the name of Jesus. Iche orrekiha de rebrusa de diokura, yarra la de diosunde de brisha de diosurre, sala la diosurro, hola de diokurro cohura, i de rosula de diasike be rohole, rala la diosunde de brisa tai, isha la diosurro la de diosunde de bri, yekerro la de diosunde de braca curro la de diosu. Father, we place this broadcast in your hands in the name of Jesus. We thank you for releasing your angels to war over it and to war over us as we come together in your word in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. And we send every attack back to the enemy, right back, as the word declares, exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for effective warfare in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for touching our hearts and our minds and unctioning us by your spirit to pray as you desire. We want to thank you, Lord, for the recovery of Sister Kim, we want to thank you for the recovery of Brother Sam and Dagmar and many others, Father. We want to thank you for their healing. We want to thank you for their for your interventions, Father. We want to thank you for Sister Tammy recovering. We cover ourselves and all of our property with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over demons of the night, bad dreams, night dreams, sex dreams, anyone or anything trying to get into our dreams. We take authority, dominion, and power over the world of fantasy. And with the sword of the spirit, we cut ourselves free in Jesus' name. We declare that our imaginations are the place for Jesus Christ. We give you the praise, Father. We give you the glory. We give you the honor. 
and we cover ourselves. We thank you for the wall of fire that protects us, Lord, with your glory in the midst. We thank you for your praising angels, for your warring angels, but we thank you more for your presence, Father, in the name of Jesus. It's a great thing to be be translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son. We give you the praise. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spears, witchcraft, anything sent by the enemy, and we return it in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not ours. We destroy ungodly civil cords, ley lines, and sever from ourselves ungodly soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leads, and all other forms of agreement with the demonic realm. We tear down and destroy walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and liars. In the name of Jesus. We break and destroy in the name of Jesus the power of the charms, the love spells, the vexes, hexes, curses, voodoo, magic, sorcery, brain frequency meditation, mind control, jinxes, potions, bewitchments, death, destruction, sickness, pain, and torment, psychic power, warfare, incense, and candle burning, incantations, ungodly blessings, crystals, work, and hoodoo. And we break the power of our tribal rituals and their and their corresponding sin in Jesus' name. We return all the spirits of hate, bitterness, murder, envy, jealousy, wizardry, sorcery, heaviness, and fear, and bondage, and blindness that has been sent to us in Jesus' name. We send it back, giving the saints liberty in their souls. Help us, Father, to repent when we are wrong in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all your work in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, tonight, as has been previously posted, our featured proverb is Proverb 8. Proverb 8. And our verse for meditation comes from the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 16. And our featured ebook. It's Prince of the of the Air Bible Study, Sons of Belial. If you have not read it, I would highly recommend it. Amen? And that link has already been posted in the chat room. So tonight, Saints, we're going to talk about this subject matter. We're going to talk about something that's really important to know, especially when it may appear that we might have our backs against the wall. Doesn't mean we really do. It just means it's giving that appearance. Amen? He stands with us. He stands with us. Amen? Saints, there is no greater power in the world than the power of the Holy Spirit. 
Before Jesus returned to heaven, he left to his church the most marvelous gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. No, I did not say the gift of speaking in tongues. I said the gift of the person of the Holy Spirit. Unfortunately, there are still believers who have no idea of who he is. That is true. But if you have participated in this ministry for a season or so, you should have a much, much, much better understanding. No, he is not imaginary. He is very real, and you cannot make it to heaven without him. You cannot make it to heaven without him. He is not a feeling. He is not a feeling. No, he is the spirit of God. If you will join me at Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. Genesis chapter 1, verse 2. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. So he didn't just suddenly appear on the day of Pentecost. There are those who just don't know. But no, he didn't suddenly come from nowhere on the day of Pentecost. Amen? No, he didn't just suddenly show up. He's been here since before, the, since a long time before. He's here right at Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, the scriptures show us. Amen? Amen. So, no, he's not a shock. Amen? Numbers. Numbers chapter 24, verse 2. I'm just going to give you a few examples so that you can see that the Holy Spirit has been around for a very long time and that he is not floating around on a cloud. Amen? Numbers chapter 24, verse 2. Numbers chapter 24, verse 2. And Balaam lifted up his eyes, and he saw Israel abiding in his tent according to their tribe. And the Spirit of God came upon him. So there we see back when uh, the children of Israel were coming out into the wilderness and beyond, he was there. He came upon this particular prophet. For God's purposes. Second Chronicles chapter 15 verse 1. 
Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1. And the Spirit of God came upon Azariah, the son of Oded. So we now have two examples where the Spirit of God comes on on a person, comes upon a person for the purpose of doing the will of God, seeing to it that the will of God is done. Amen? Amen. Let's go on to Second Chronicles chapter 24, verse 20. Second Chronicles chapter 24, verse 20. Second Chronicles, chapter 24, verse 20. And the Spirit of God came upon Zechariah, the son of Jehoiada, the priest, which stood above the people and said unto them, Thus saith God, Why transgress ye the commandments of the Lord, that ye cannot prosper? Because ye have forsaken the Lord, he hath also forsaken you. So we have the Spirit of God coming upon uh, this person, this prophet, and relaying to them the message of God. Amen? So you can't say, well, Pastor, I don't know anything about the Holy Spirit. Well, let's. Well, let's find out. Let's visit in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 61, verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. Amen? So we can see that the Holy Spirit is quite busy. He doesn't seem to be taking a nap or um, resting, or any of those things. Every time we see him in Scripture, he's doing something. Something's going on. And it would behoove us many times to find out what's really going on. In Matthew, we're all the way to the New Testament now. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. He did not say, it does not say that the Spirit of God is a dove. If you've ever seen a dove land, then you'll get the point. And he saw the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove, like a dove descends. It's not the same way an eagle does it. 
It's different. And lightning upon him. Amen? So here we see the Holy Spirit involved in Jesus' baptism. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Romans chapter 15, verse 19. Romans chapter 15 verse 19 Through many through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the spirit of God So the spirit of God has power The spirit of God has power And when he comes into your life His power comes with him. Through mighty signs and wonders by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. Well, that's interesting. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit. Spirit of God, but the Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So from Genesis all the way through Ephesians, we've had little glimpses here of God the Holy Spirit. And I would encourage you to make yourself familiar with these glimpses. Amen? And Jesus giving his church this gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit, Jesus promised in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost 
come upon you. How are you going to know? Well, one of the ways you're going to know, and ye shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. You're going to witness. You're going to witness about Jesus. You're going to witness about his love. You're going to witness about redemption. You're going to witness about grace. Grace, you're going to witness about your own testimony. After you receive power that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me. And it's going to be wherever you are. Unto the uttermost part of the earth, wherever you are, you're going to witness. Jesus Christ gave to his church the same power that was displayed in his earthly ministry. We know of the miracles. We have experienced the demonstration of supernatural power. Even though Jesus went away, he did not leave us powerless. He did not leave us here like sitting ducks. He did not leave us powerless. Jesus gave to the church the same power that was his when he walked this earth. So I am compelled to ask, saints, what are you doing with the power which Jesus has given to you. What are you doing with the power which Jesus has given to you? What have you done and what are you doing today with the Holy Spirit? What have you done and what are you doing today with the Holy Spirit? That's a good question. Look at your life. Look at your life and answer that question, those questions. Millions of gods are living defeated, powerless lives. Are you one of them? Answer yourself honestly and truthfully. Are you one of them? In some instances, they are close to bringing a reproach on the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ because they are living in lives of defeat. So far, from where Jesus called the church to be. Many of them due to ignorance, others due to apathy, others due to rebellion of all sorts. But they are living lives of defeat. So my next question is, 
Is this what you are doing? Is this what you are doing? Over the last year of your life and answer this question, is this what you are doing? Amen. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to begin with verse 11. In 2 Corinthians chapter 13, we're going to begin with verse 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning with verse 11. I'll give you a moment to get there. Amen? This particular portion of scripture was penned by the Apostle Paul. And he gives us a very strong urging, a message of urgency and a message of persuasion. A message of urgency and a message of persuasion. And he begins this way. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace shall be with you. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect. Be of good comfort. Be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Well, saints, the Apostle Paul is strongly urging us or mature to mature, in other words, to grow up. He's urging us passionately to grow up. That's important. He is giving us strong encouragement, even to the sense of pushing us forward. It is imperative that we each mature in the natural and in Christ Jesus. It is imperative that we each mature in the natural and in Christ Jesus. When we commence our time seeing the face of God as a ministry. When we start our time of seeking the face of God as a ministry, this issue should be paramount in your prayers. The issue of natural and spiritual maturity should be paramount in your prayers. 
if natural and spiritual maturity is not ever addressed, we will remain carnal and in sin. That's important for us to recognize and acknowledge. Very important. The Apostle Paul tells us to be of good comfort. You know, the Lord has been talking to us about changing, about turning from our wicked ways, about allowing him to point out areas of weakness and insecurity and many other sins in our lives. And some of us are still coming along. Well, let's let's do a little better this year. Amen. Let let's do let's go to the next level this year. Amen. Some of us um backslid last year. Let's come forward this year. Let's come forward this year. Amen. Let's come forward. Let's deal with the real why to why we do what we do. The real one. Amen. Parative. That we each mature in the natural. That doesn't mean get older. It means to grow up. Childish and immature attitudes. A uh, arid belief system done away with. The word of God taking its place. That we live out in everyday life. You know, the Lord has already talked to us about hypocrisy, about saying we believe something and saying we have taken a position when in truth that's not what's happened. Amen? So we're, we're, we should be working on that with the Lord. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to address natural and spiritual maturity in our times of seeking the Lord. Sometimes this is the hindrance in life that has kept us from going to the next level in some aspect of our lives. Amen? But if we never address it, we don't get very far. Praise the Lord. So the Apostle Paul tells us to be of good comfort. We are to mature in spite of pain or affliction or suffering or temptation. We are to mature in spite of pain or affliction or suffering or temptation. Yes, we are. We can't just sit down and say, well, this and this has happened to me, and so I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. No. You have to rise up in the Lord. And in the power of his might, you have to call out to God. You have to trust him and believe his word. Some of us still have not come to grips with believing the truth of the word of God. 
We believe it in some places, but in other places, not yet. So we should be working on this, you know? Yes, we should. So you say, how are we to do this? Well, this perfection or maturity in ourselves alone is impossible. We can't pull this off by ourselves. And so Jesus has established the body of Christ as it saw fit to him. He's given the fivefold ministry to perfect the church. Amen. He has. Now, if you are an individual who thinks all you need is yourself and you don't need the body of Christ and you don't need the fivefold ministry, you can just do this by yourself. You can sit in a corner and do it all by yourself. Well, that's not the way Jesus sees it. That's not the way he set up the church. And since he's never wrong, that would automatically make you wrong. Amen? Praise God. So let's come to grips with truth. Jesus has decided to give you a pastor after his own heart. This is a person that God has assigned and put his spirit on and has trained and developed in order to do his will concerning his sheepfold. So if you're a person who figures you don't need to do very much of that, you're going to get about out of it what you put into it. You're going to get about out of it what you put into it. Amen? Amen. And that's the way it really is. But the maturity, which is brought about by the work of the Spirit of God in us, bringing us into agreement with the Son of the living God is possible. But it's only done God's way. Some of us are yet to learn that we must do things God's way, consecrate, and we can give him all there is of us. We must remember that our perfection comes through our relationship to Jesus Christ, and as we continue to stand, while maturing in the love of God. You see, the problem with most people is that they believe, firmly believe, that they are equipped to fully evaluate themselves. But you see, that's not the truth. True evaluation comes from the Godhead. The true evaluation comes from the Godhead and from ministers that God has trained to help his sheep. 
Amen? Amen. We might want to chew on that one for a while. We might want to chew on that for a while. So, saints, we are to be of good comfort in spite of our trials. The Holy Spirit is with you and in you to bring you victory. But he requires humility. He requires humility. He requires meekness. You must choose to be teachable. He's not going to make you become teachable. You have to choose this of your own free will. You see, the teacher can stand in the classroom and teach, but if the student doesn't want to learn, the student won't. If the student thinks they already know it all, they won't learn. So the progress that could be made won't be made. Amen? Amen. You've got to want to be taught. You've got to want to be developed. You've got to want to be corrected. You can't be a know-it-all and think that's going to work because God resists the proud. He gives grace to who? The humble. Thank you. So, as I was saying, the Holy Spirit is with you and in you to bring you victory. The Apostle Paul goes on to say, be of one mind and live in peace. Be of one mind and live in peace. Well then, where does overreacting agree with peace? Where? Where? Does overreacting and anxiety and fear in agreement with peace? Where is that place? Where is it that competition and strife and confusion and quarreling, where does it walk in agreement with peace? Where? You see, at some point, you have to decide that you're going to place yourself as one who's learning. And you have to choose to learn. That's a very interesting thing, you see. I know quite a bit about that. My mother, my grandmother, my aunt, my god sister, <laughs> and other members of my family were all instructors in the public school system and on the college level. And I know quite a bit about people learning or refusing to learn. 
a lot of choices are made by the potential student. And it's the choices that are made that determines to some degree what they learn. So Paul encourages us to mature in that area. To mature in that area. Some things are difficult to take initially. They are. But don't struggle with them. Yield to the word of God. Yield to the word of God. You see, Paul was saying, be of one mind and live in peace. Well, a lot of those things that I mentioned are not in agreement with peace at all. Not at all. Regardless of what happens to you, you are God's child. Yes, even perhaps his rebellious child or his stubborn child or his wayward child, but you're still his child. You belong to him. You belong to him. You are not your own can be of good comfort and of one mind having the mind of Christ and not double-minded nor a divided mind. You know, complacency doesn't give itself, doesn't yield itself to the mind of Christ. Passivity does not yield itself to the mind of Christ. None of those things are found in the mind of Christ. You know, we have to look and say, hmm, that part, Lord, doesn't look like you. That part doesn't look like you. You know, God will will allow certain circumstances in our lives to help us to see things that he's been trying to tell us for a long time. And some of us will get it, some of us will get it over time, and some of us still won't get it. But God is not going to give up. He's going to keep working with you and trying to get you to see how you're defeating yourself. You see, all of our defeats don't come from Satan. There are defeats that we experience that we engineer ourselves. Amen? And those are dangerous. Amen? Those are dangerous. They're very dangerous. When we walk into situations that we know are not right, that we know are wrong from the onset, but we just we're just going to do this. That's extremely, extremely, extremely dangerous. So, perhaps we will choose to do something about it. <laughs> 
perhaps, just perhaps, Paul and I were are believing for everybody to decide to do so. You see, God's word calls us to be steadfast, unmovable, to know what we believe, and to stick with it. To know what we believe and stick with it. All right, let me give you an example. Uh, Let's say that you believe the Ten Commandments. You say, I believe the Ten Commandments. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. One of them says, thou shalt not kill. Just one. One of them says, thou shalt not kill. So if you truly believe that thou shalt not kill, it's going to affect the decisions you make about circumstances in this life, yours and those that are outside of you, that come under that umbrella. You're going to have a disposition about, let's say, abortion. That's that's popular now. It's been popular a lot longer than we want to admit, but it's it's going now. You're going to have to have a position on that. Why? Because the Ten Commandments that you believe says, thou shalt not kill. So you have to have a position. And you have to know what the position of God is. And then you have to stick with it, whether it's popular or unpopular. All right, let's say, let's pick a different commandment. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Well, there's more than one kind of adultery. There's uh, marital adultery. There's uh, many kinds of spiritual adultery. And if you truly believe what you say you believe, then that means you have to take a position on all the kinds of adultery that exist. And you have to make sure that it lines up with the word of God. And then having once taken that position, you got to hold the position. Amen? So if you're going to say certain things, I believe this, then you've got to change and adjust to line up with what you say you believe. Amen? I think that makes sense. I think you understand, too. It means that we are not allowed, cannot allow ourselves to be passive, to be apathetic, to be complacent. We have to take a stand. Because once you say, I believe, believing is an action word. It's an action word, and it propels you into action. The scriptures say, I have believed, therefore I have spoken. 
Believing is an action word, and it propels you into action. So if you look at your actions, and they're not lining up with the scriptures, somewhere along the line, your beliefs are not in order. Amen. Amen. Somewhere along the line, there's some place that your beliefs are not in order. Amen. We're going to let you chew on that one for a while. Amen. So the word of God calls us to be steadfast, unmovable, to know what we believe and stick with it. The only place in the world where we can find real peace of mind is where there is the peace of God. Remember we talked about those agitating conflicts within. Well, we have to move away from cause, the problem, to the place of peace. Amen. This is going to require prayer and fasting. There's there's no other way to get this done. This is the process. This is the way. Amen. And it's the truth. All of us need to turn away from the wiles and lures of our culture. All of us need to turn away from the wiles and lures of our culture. We need to come back to the real and true values of the spiritual life in Christ. You say, well, Holy Spirit, how would I know? Well, there's this scripture in the Bible that says in Psalm 23 that he will lead us in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Have you brought that scripture before him? Are you steadfastly believing him for that? Is that what's coming out of your mouth to him? Because you know the Bible says that the angels respond to the word of God coming out of our mouth. But you see, when we say it, we have to back it up with action. We have to back it up with real-life action. This is not imaginary. This is real. Amen. It's real. We can't be hypocrites. Jesus can't stand that. You see, it's, it's it's not the same as faithfulness. He says in the Scripture, Didn't I say, is anything too hard for God? Haven't I said it? Aren't I going to do it? That's God. Amen? Again, we need to come back to the real and true values of the spiritual life in Christ. 
Paul ends his message to us in this particular passage with this, with these words. The grace, I'm in verse 14, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God. You see, the love of God obeys God. That's the truth. The love of God obeys God. And the communion of the Holy Ghost. Be with you all. We all require the communion, that intimate relationship that brings deep understanding of the Holy Ghost. We need that level of relationship with him. Because he's going to lead us by the right way, just like it says in Psalm 107. Obedient saint is the pathway. Do you yet see what it means that you and I, as frail creatures of dust, may have fellowship and commune with the Holy Ghost? You're having fellowship and communion with the one who, when God says, light be, light was. The one who descended in the form of a dove, like a dove does, in that form, like a dove does, on Jesus when he was baptized in in the Jordan. You're not talking to your next-door neighbor. You're fellowshipping with God. He is the spirit of truth, so you can't bluff him with your lie and your inconsistency. No, it's time for each of us to change. Amen? This is very important. Those who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit have been filled with his presence and have inner access to knowledge of the Holy Spirit. It brings a communion, a fellowship which is constant. And so... We are advised and admonished and counseled in the scriptures not to grieve the Holy Spirit. He's the one who seals you. You cannot get to heaven without the Holy Spirit. So don't get him, don't, don't, don't uh, provoke him to the point where he has to turn away from you. 
Don't take your rebellion that far. Maybe I should say it that way. Amen? Because what you want is a communion, a fellowship with God the Holy Spirit, which is constant and ongoing. In the midnight hour of life, when that time comes, you are conscious of his presence that is so close to you. He is a vital part of your existence. There is no fear nor any worry. When the midnight hour of life comes to you, whenever that time is. In those moments, you'll find yourself in close fellowship with a person, the Holy Spirit. He strengthens us, saints, even in anguish. He strengthens us even in anguish. His presence is closer to you than even the beating of your heart. He is there at the funeral. He is there at the graveside. He holds you together in the face of it all. When disaster strikes, he's right there. There are emotions, of course. You are still human. Yet, there is hope. And there is peace. And many of you have, many of you have experienced some of this, where death came suddenly, but comfort was there, peace was there, sanity was there, the right answers came. The solutions came. Everything that you needed was right there. When you thought you were going to completely come undone, he held you together. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. As you cried, he comforted you. As your heart broke, he embraced you. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you could bear to listen, he whispered things in your heart that you hold on to to this very day. That's the comfort and presence of the Holy Spirit. 
When you ran out of you, he provided for you. We need to develop that relationship. When you couldn't reach any further, he went the distance. When you were broken and wounded within, he came in to pour in the oil and the wine. When everybody else walked out, he was still there. That's the comfort and presence of the Holy Spirit. When you were ready to give up on you, He was the one that brought the hope. All right? I think you're you're getting the point. I think you're getting it. The Holy Spirit is who we need. It is The communion with the Holy Spirit, your strengthener, your comforter. The Holy Spirit also lifts up a standard against your enemy. And not one of God's children need to be defeated on a single score. God promises. God promises in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. Isaiah chapter 59, verse 19. And so they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, shall lift up a standard against him. Our Lord and Savior, has made provision for victory for his own. Not one of us, no, not one of us, not one of us should go down in defeat. God has promised. God has promised. You see, the overcomer lives in you, so you ought to overcome. No, we shouldn't go down in defeat, not for a second. For when the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, shall lift up a standard against him. Who can stand against the King of Kings? 
I'll let you answer that. You do not fight your battles alone, saints. The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, fights our battles for us. You're no match for Satan and his wiles and his lures and his strategies by yourself. So, hopefully, you will better understand the need for agreement with the body of Christ. You see, in the Global Prayer Warriors Prayer Room, you have the opportunity to place your prayer request. God doesn't have any one-person warriors, and all they do is sit out here and nobody ever agrees or fights or anything else on their behalf or with them. That's not the way God set up the body of Christ. We read that scripture earlier. One of us puts a thousand to flight and two of us what? So he has set the system up for us to walk in agreement and arm in arm in combat together. But if you forsake that, you get what you get. If you choose to forsake that, you did that one to yourself. Amen? Walk in God's parameters. Walk in God's parameters. You know, some people, they get to the point, they've learned five scriptures. So now they they can do everything themselves. They don't need to, to put any prayer requests in the Global Prayer Warriors prayer room because they've got that down. Okay. Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Philippians chapter 4, beginning with verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Yes, you can find a, 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 a greater level of humility and meekness and teachableness. Yes, it's available. It's available. Praise the Lord. Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 5. Psalm 37, verse 5. Psalm 37, verse 5. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Amen. Amen. Psalm 55, verse 
22. 5, verse 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Hmm. But it starts with, cast thy burden upon the Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5. The Gospel of John, chapter 15, verse 5. I am the vine. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. Fruit? Yes, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit's presence in your life. There it is. For without me, without this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can do nothing. Without his power, what were you going to do anyway? Amen? Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. Isaiah chapter 40, 29. Amen. He giveth power to the faint. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Hmm. Perhaps we need to look at this relationship in a very serious way. He giveth power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Second Corinthians chapter four verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter four verse seven. Second Corinthians chapter four verse seven. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Earthen dust. Little dust bowls. He made us of the dust and we're still little dust bowls earthen vessels, this treasure, God the Holy Spirit in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. The power isn't us. The power is him. Amen? Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24. Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 24. Therefore, 
whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and what doeth them, hearing and doing. You see, there is no place where God says, okay, it's all right for you to just listen. No. He says, therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. Well, saints, earlier today in the chat room, I I posted a picture or two of what that means of the rain descending, the floods coming, the winds blowing, and beating upon those trees, but they fell not. Amen? They fell not. When the rain stopped and the floods receded and the winds stopped blowing, And beating on those trees, they stood up straight again and were gorgeous. Amen? Amen. You'll have to scroll up to find the the notation, but it's right there in the chat room. Now, those of you who live in hurricane areas, you've seen this. You've seen those palm trees take beatings after beatings after beatings after beatings, and they're still standing strong when the sun comes out. So I want you to look at those pictures and observe and learn. I want you to learn. I want you to remember the lesson that the palm tree teaches you. Amen? I want you to learn because you're going to need the lesson. You're going to need it. Amen? God bless you, saints. Pastor loves you. I would would hope that you would decide to recast the message because it said a lot more than a little bit. Amen? It said a lot more. The Lord had a lot more to say to us than a little bit, a whole lot more to say. And he wants a greater response from us. And because we want to please him so, we will do just what he asks. We will do exactly what he asks. Amen? We will do what he asks. Amen. Amen. Yes, they do. (laughs) Yes, they do produce yummy fruit. So, we're going to go here. And we're going to request some adjudications from the righteous judge. 
concerning these matters that we need to take seriously before the righteous judge. Democrat lawmakers are advancing legislation intended to prevent privately organized paramilitary and militia group activities within the United States. Introduced by Senator Ed Markey and Representative Jamie Raskin on Thursday, the bill dubbed the Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act. Now, Saints, I'm going to say something. As I understand it, when our country, when the United States of America, I can't speak for every other country at the moment anyway, they had militias. They had militias. They did. So they're going to come up with this act, this activity act, that wants to prohibit the very things that brought together the founding of this nation. So I'll let you I'll let you hear it. The bill dubbed Preventing Private Paramilitary Activity Act would prohibit privately organized groups from publicly patrolling, drilling, or engaging in harmful or deadly paramilitary techniques, interfering with or interrupting government proceedings, or interfering with the exercise of someone else's constitutional rights, according to Mr. Markey. Their bill defines a private paramilitary organization as any group of three or more persons, three, one, two, three, or more persons associating under a command structure for the purpose of functioning in public or training to function in public as a combat, combat support, law enforcement, or security services unit. The bill states, acting with or on behalf of such a private paramilitary organization while armed with a firearm, explosive, incendiary device, or other dangerous weapon, and engaging in patrolling, training, interfering with government or constitutional rights, or assuming the functions of law enforcement without official authority. Now, I'm going to say something that's going to sound really a stretch, and in some, you know, from where you might be right now, it might really be a stretch. But if they pass this the way they want to, they will use this against prayer groups. Uh Uh-huh. All right, now. You're not ignorant of Satan and his devices. All right. The bill makes exceptions for members of the National Guard and other military reserve components, state guard force, and members of other federal or state organized groups to train in and apply paramilitary, law enforcement, and security 
service activity. The bill also allows for the organization of groups formed solely to conduct military reenactments, bona fide veterans organizations with no intent to engage in the aforementioned prohibited activities, and students in government or state authorized educational institutions that teach military science. Mr. Markey and Mr. Raskin introduced their legislation just days after the three-year anniversary of the breach at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, a point they repeatedly referenced in a press release announcing the bill. Patrolling neighborhoods, impending law enforcement, and storming the U.S. Capitol Private paramilitary groups like the Oath Keepers and the Three Percenters and the Proud Boys are using political violence to intimidate our people and threaten democratic government and the rule of law, Mr. Raskin said. Our legislation makes the obvious but essential clarification that these domestic extremist paramilitary operations are in no way protected by our Constitution. Though rioters and demonstrators did not use firearms or other deadly weapons during the events at the Capitol on January 6, 2021, many did use blunt objects and pepper spray in clashes with police officers that day. Some individuals have also been charged for having firearms or other deadly weapons on their person while on Capitol grounds that day. In trials against members of the Oath Keepers and other defendants, prosecutors made note of members of the group moving through the crowds in an apparent practiced and organized fashion, frequently described as a stack formation, as well as wearing tactical gear and using portable communication devices to stay in contact and coordinate their actions. Three years ago, white supremacists affiliated with paramilitary organizations stormed the U.S. Capitol, shattering windows, walls, and the families of five U.S. Capitol police officers, said Mr. Markey. Private paramilitary actors such as the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers pose a serious threat to democracy and the rule of law. And we must create new prohibitions on their unauthorized activities that interfere with the exercise of constitutional rights. Forces of bigotry, hatred. Okay, go the right way, computer. All right. Forces of bigotry, hatred, and violent extremism must be stopped for the sake of our democracy. Prior to the events of January 6, 2021, members of the Proud Boys had organized at conservative and right-leaning gatherings and demonstrations and clashed with violent counter-demonstrators, often members of the Antifa extremist group, intent on disrupting those gatherings. Following the death of George Floyd, a black man in In Minneapolis police custody in 2020, many left-wing groups organized in support of the Black Lives Matter movement and engaged in protests and riots 
throughout the summer of 2020. At various demonstrations, members of these groups often clashed with police officers. For weeks, rioters also threw fireworks and devices and rocks at federal officers guarding a federal courthouse in Portland, Oregon. During a political rally in support of President Donald Trump in Portland on August 29, 2020, Trump supporters were met with violent counter-protesters. Trump supporter Aaron Danielson was shot and killed while walking to a parking garage following the event. In an interview with Vice News, while evading law enforcement, self-described Antifa activist Michael Reinhold described shooting Danielson while claiming he acted in self-defense. The man was charged with murder but was shot and killed during a confrontation with federal law enforcement officers attempting his arrest. Mr. Markey and Mr. Raskin made no mention of any left-leaning organizations while announcing their bill on Thursday. Mr. Raskin told the Washington Times that the legislation was not written with a particular ideological viewpoint in mind. Well, we know that's not the truth. During the civil unrest in the summer of 2020, some armed groups organized to protect private property from looting and vandalism. Several armed individuals organized to prevent property destruction at a gas station and use and use Carlot, Kenosha, Wisconsin, amid rioting and arson in the city in August of 2020. It was during that incident that an individual who had joined the armed organization group, then 17-year-old Kyle Rittenhouse, shot and killed two people and wounded a third. Rittenhouse was charged with murder, but was acquitted after arguing he had acted in self-defense after he'd been attacked by several individuals who targeted private property and who clashed after him, chased after him, struck him, and pointed a firearm at him. Individuals have also engaged in nonviolent protest events while exercising their rights to carry firearms in public under relevant state and local laws. So, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning this matter, and we thank him for them in the name of Jesus. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning marijuana use is increasingly linked to traffic crashes and injuries in markets where it is legalized, according to a recent research. A study by researchers from the University of Ottawa found that annual emergency department visits for cannabis involved traffic injuries increased by 475.3% between 2010 and 2021 in Ontario, Canada. Alcohol-involved traffic injuries increased by 9.4% over the same period. Canada legalized marijuana, also known as cannabis, for recreational use in 2018. Researchers found that quarterly 
Emergency department visits for cannabis involved traffic injuries and increased by 94% prior to legislation, while this number jumped to 223% after legislation. Currently, 24 U.S. states have legalized recreational cannabis use, as well as Washington, D.C., Guam, and the Northern Mariana Islands. Ohio voters approved a ballot measure for recreational marijuana in 2023, becoming the 24th to legalize non-medical cannabis sales after Minnesota, Virginia, Virginia, Maryland, Delaware, Missouri, Connecticut, New York, Rhode Island, Vermont, Washington, New Jersey, New Mexico, Montana, Arizona, Maine, Illinois, Michigan, Massachusetts, California, Nevada, Alaska, Oregon, and Colorado. Florida could become the 25th if the state Supreme Court approves a proposed 2024 ballot measure that would enshrine in its constitution recreational cannabis use for adults over 21. The effort is backed by Truly, the largest marijuana company in Florida and the second largest in the country. The ballot measure sponsor, Smart and Safe Florida, gathered more than a million petition signatures by potential voters, surpassing the 891,000 523 signatures needed to trigger state Supreme Court review. A 2017 study on cannabis and impaired driving in the first two U.S. states to legalize recreational marijuana, Colorado and Washington, found no significant difference between cannabis-related motor vehicle fatality rates before and after legislation between 2009 and 2015. Further, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws touts an analysis by Quartz Media that purportedly found no correlation between further state access to legal cannabis and increased motor vehicle fatalities. The study is not peer-reviewed, and the data first reflected an increase in vehicle deaths in states with legal cannabis compared to illegal states between 2016 and 2021. After deeming the pandemic years of 2020 and 2021 to be too anomalous because of a sharp increase in vehicle fatalities across the board, the authors selectively omitted that data and limited the analysis to the years between 2016 and 2019. After removing the pandemic-era data, the authors concluded that states with legal access to cannabis showed an 11.6% decrease in vehicle fatalities during those years, while states without access to legal cannabis saw an increase of 1.7%. However, a 2022 peer-reviewed study from the Journal of Studies on Alcohol and Drugs that analyzed fatal traffic crashes between 2009 and 2019 without the pandemic years found a different pattern. There was a 5.8% increase 
in injury crash rates and a 4.1% increase in fatal crash rates in states that either currently had recreational marijuana retail stores or had recently legalized them. In some states, legalization of recreational marijuana precedes the opening of retail stores up by a year or longer. Not all states saw an increase. The study notes that injury crash rates range from a 7% decrease to an 18% increase, while fatal crash rates range from a 10% decrease to a 4% increase. In March 2023, the University of Illinois Chicago School of Public Health released the results of a study that analyzed death certificate data to contrast mortality rates in states with access to recreational marijuana compared to states that only had medical marijuana dispensaries. The researchers found a substantial increase in crash fatalities in four of the seven states used in the study with legalized recreational markets and that, on average, recreational markets were associated with a 10% increase in motor vehicle accident deaths. The seven states featured in the study are Alaska, Colorado, California, Massachusetts, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington. This data is informative for states like Florida. They already have an established medical marijuana industry and may vote in November on expanding into recreational sales. To see a 10% increase in motor vehicle accident deaths associated with recreational markets is concerning. Previous studies have found cannabis impairs driving ability and that driving while high is fairly common among among regular cannabis users, said study author Samantha Marinello in a news release. The National Conference of State Legislatures released its analysis on alcohol and drug-impaired driving on December 11, 2023. Of the 43,000 motorists who died in vehicle crashes, In 2021, 31% of those deaths were caused by alcohol-impaired drivers. This is a 14% increase from 2020. 18% of those fatalities were caused by a driver who tested positive for two or more impairing drugs. The full uh, National Conference of State Legislatures report pulled data from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. One such study looking at trauma center data between October and December 2020 found that 56% of motorists who were involved in serious injury and fatal crashes tested positive for at least one drug. That drug is often cannabis. Fisher, the Senior Director of External Engagement at the Governor's Highway Safety Association, the safety and, uh, Traffic Safety Administration data analyzing cannabis impairment and traffic crashes is alarming. We know that when you look at other than alcohol, what is the most significant impairing substance they're finding in the body? It's cannabis. And it's often a combination of cannabis and potentially alcohol and maybe even other things as well, she said. 
Ms. Fisher explained that cannabis consumption affects the driver's reaction time, particularly the ability to make split-second decisions. She said the drug also affects what what you're seeing, what you're thinking, how you're processing, vision, hearing, and so forth. The government agency does not recommend against either alcohol or cannabis consumption, but instead advocates responsible use and avoiding driving when under the influence. And so our message is very, very straightforward. Just don't consume and then get behind the wheel, Ms. Fisher said. Unfortunately, unlike alcohol, which can be easily detected on a driver's breathalyzer measuring exact levels of intoxication, it is difficult for police officers to screen drivers for cannabis impairment. Ms. Fisher said, that officers largely have two options in their arsenal for spotting cannabis intoxication in drivers. Officers can be trained in drug recognition enforcement using a systematic and standardized 12-step evaluation consisting of physical, mental, and medical components, according to the International Association of Chiefs of Police. The other option which is increasingly used throughout the country, is oral fluid testing. A swab of saliva is taken from the driver's mouth and tested for drugs. Depending on the drug use, dose, and route of administration, a drug may be detected in oral fluid in less than one hour and remain detectable for up to five, for for five up to 48 hours after last use, according to LabCorp one of the largest drug testing companies in the country. Oral fluid testing can also catch other drugs, including amphetamine, DMDMA, benzodiazepines, cocaine, opiates, and PCP. However, oral fluid testing is problematic for substances like cannabis because of how long a single dose of THC is in a user's body. According to the American Addiction Centers, THC is detectable for up to 90 days in hair, anywhere between one day to a month or longer in urine, depending on how often the individual uses it, which is why you see them running to the drugstore trying to find something to flush it out of their bodies when they know they have to go in for a test. Up to 24 hours in saliva and up to 12 hours in blood. LabCorp says that some drugs can be found in oral fluid from 5 to 48 hours. A driver could theoretically test positive for THC in an oral fluid test hours after residual effects elapse and long after any feelings of intoxication. If the driver is given a blood test instead, the results could be similar. Amen. This is what it's about. Ed Wood, legislative advocate for We Save Lives, a highway safety advocacy group, explained the issue of screening for cannabis intoxication with blood samples. He asserted that there is absolutely no correlation between the presence of THC in blood and the levels of impairment caused by THC. The presence of THC in blood implies 
impairment but does not prove it. Alcohol is the only drug with a proven correlation between blood concentration and level of impairment. As the publisher of the website, and he gives the the notation, uh, DUI Victim Voices, Mr. Wood has serious concerns about cannabis-impaired driving, especially when it is mixed with alcohol and other drugs. Drug driving is indeed a serious problem. In Colorado's 2020 data, the latest published, roughly half of all DUI, DWAI convictions can be attributed to drugs, with the remaining being attributed to alcohol only. The major cause of drug driving is polydrug impairment, most of which is caused by a combination of alcohol plus THC. THC alone follows in importance, but we need to realize that of those THC-positive drivers arrested for DUI and convicted, over two-thirds are driving under the influence of both THC and other drugs, he said. Mr. Woods emphasized many studies merely look at the presence of THC, not the presence of proven impairment. Only Colorado data do that, and that study shows the risk of crashing for those arrested for and convicted of impairment only is about 10 times that of sober drivers. The risk of crashing for polydrug-impaired drivers is even higher than that of drunk drivers, he said. Polydrug use occurs when someone consumes two or more intoxicating substances simultaneously. Mr. Wood said that some of the studies on cannabis and impaired driving only feature cases where cannabis is smoked, not ingested in the form of edibles, which is extremely popular, which are becoming increasingly popular among regular cannabis users. The blood levels of THC in THC edible users rarely exceeds 5 nanograms per milliliter, regardless of how much they have consumed. Yet, they can be completely incapable of safe driving, he said. Ms. Fisher said often the best line of defense is police officers who are trained to look for the signs of impairment, regardless of what substances the driver may or may not have consumed. So we need those folks, and we need them to continue to do this work. If you stop a driver and they're clearly exhibiting some signs of impairment, but you can't smell alcohol in the breath, and they're able to walk the straight line and a gaze nystagmus test doesn't reveal anything, but there's clearly something going on, there's a good chance of some kind of drug, whether it's legal or illegal, or a combination. There's something going on here, she said. So we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. Amen. We are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning a group trying to enshrine abortion access in Florida's state constitution amassed enough petition signatures to get its amendment on the 2024 ballot. Floridians Protecting Freedom announced it 
currently has 911,169 signatures verified by the Florida Division of Elections. The group needed 891,523 petitions to get the proposed amendment on the official ballot, which is equal to 8% of the total number of votes cast in Florida during the previous presidential election. Called the Amendment to Limit Government Interference with Abortion, it states no law shall prohibit, penalize, delay, or restrict abortion before viability or when necessary to protect the patient's health as determined by the patient's health care provider. However, the amendment still requires informing a parent or guardian before a minor receives an abortion in the state. Now, let me say something about that. They're doing it anyway. They're doing that anyway. Minors are still getting abortions in the state without the parents having any information whatsoever. All right? The proposed amendment must receive more than 60% of the vote to pass and enshrine abortion access in Florida's state constitution. If voters approve of the initiative, Florida will become the eighth state to approve abortion access at the polls following the historic U.S. Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe v. Wade in 2022. Voters in Ohio approved a similar ballot initiative in November 2023. As only a simple majority of more than 50% of voters was required to enshrine abortion access to Arizona and Missouri are expected to vote on their own abortion access initiatives later this year. Voters in Kentucky rejected an attempt to enshrine an abortion ban in the state constitution in 2022, while Kansas voters voted against a similar measure the same year. The fact that we only launched our campaign eight months ago and we've already reached our petition goal speaks to the unprecedented support and momentum there is to get politicians out of our private lives and health care decisions. Hmm. FPF's campaign director, Lauren Brenzel, said in a news release, most initiative campaigns never make it this far. The ones that do usually spend far more or take much longer to qualify, which is why we're so confident that voters will approve our amendment once they're given a chance to vote, she added. Andrew Shervel, the founder of Florida Voice for the Unborn, a pro-life grassroots lobbying group, was was disappointed by the number of voters backing the proposed amendment. So we expect probably by February 1st, they will have over a million signatures validated. So it's upsetting. It's sad in a way because the pro-life movement here in Florida, led by Florida Voice for the Unborn, has been working so hard to thwart the abortion pro-abortion petition gathering efforts. And we've done our best on a limited budget with all volunteers, he said. The Florida State Supreme Court will review oral arguments for and against the amendment on February 7th. The court has until April 1 to make a ruling, which will decide if it reaches the November ballot. If this challenge fails, there's really nothing else that any of us can do. We can't bring any lawsuits or anything to stop it from being on the ballot. 
So this is the legal fight. So that's what we're focused on, Mr. Shrivel said. He believes the actions in other states have bolstered efforts to enshrine abortion access in Florida's Constitution. I think, unfortunately, it was the Ohio victory that boosted them. Otherwise, if they had lost in Ohio, I think the pro-abortion forces would have seen Florida as too much of a challenge. But this is really their crown jewel in their movement. They want to make Florida a permanent abortion destination in the South and Ohio in the Midwest, you know, so that's their goal. So they're going to spend whatever amount of money is necessary not only to get on the ballot but then to try to secure victory at the ballot box, Mr. Shrivel added. Since Ohio only has a threshold of more than 50% of voters required to amend its state constitution, he is confident that pro-life activists can prevent the amendment in Florida from reaching the 60% threshold needed to pass. However, FPF previously announced that it had amassed a large number of petition signatures from conservative voters. With Republicans now way outnumbering Democrats in Florida, in order for the pro-abortion referendum to win, they need to secure a large amount of Republican voters that will likely vote for whoever the Republican presidential candidate is and also vote for maybe down-ballot older Republican candidates as well in their districts, but yet still will feel the need to vote yes on this Democrat-backed referendum for enshrining abortion on demand into the state constitution. So that's what they're banking on, Mr. Shrivel said. There is also the question of voter turnout and how it could affect Florida's congressional races and which party controls the House of Representatives in January 2025. Republican operatives have warned that having an abortion access amendment on the ballot could drive more Democrat or left-leaning independents to the polls who might normally sit out other elections. Another ballot initiative that could further complicate voter turnout in Florida is the proposed amendment for legalizing recreational marijuana, which is also awaiting review by the state Supreme Court. Mr. Shrivel said the GOP needs to address these issues head on. And that's something that, you know, the Florida Republican Party here needs to be aware of. They really have been in crisis mode for the past six weeks or so. Scandal involving the former Republican Party of Florida chairman, Christian Ziegler, who was ousted on January 8th, Ziegler, after refusing to resign amid a police investigation into rape allegations. And so they've been paralyzed with their own internal problems, and that in turn is going to affect us down the line in terms of the general election because we lost a whole month in terms of fundraising, momentum, and recruiting good candidates. From our perspective, that's their problem, he said. Mr. Shrivel said that if the Republican presidential nominee, which is increasingly looking like President Donald Trump, as he polls in the double digits ahead of Governor Ron DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley wins Florida. While the abortion access amendment passes, the blame will be squarely put on the Republican Party of Florida. If that happens, that would be on them because that can't happen, he said. 
However, if 60% or more of Floridians vote for the amendment in November, Mr. Shrivel said, the state legislature, legislature can still place their amendments on future ballots. So what I would suspect would happen is that would we would see proposals in the legislature to kind of clamp back on that extreme amendment, and maybe not as an amendment protecting all unborn children from the moment of conception. But I would anticipate there would be a large groundswelling of support to propose an amendment to say ban abortion late in pregnancy. You know, maybe after 12 weeks. I can see things happening like that. But it's all hypothetical, he said. So we are thanking the righteous judge for his adjudications concerning such. And we are requesting adjudications from the righteous judge concerning the United States cannot track more than $1 billion in weapons and other military equipment that it provided to Ukraine, according to a Pentagon audit. Some 59% of $1.7 billion in defense gear remains delinquent, according to a report by the Pentagon's Inspector General. Now, Saints, if you were the manager of a corner store and you lost 59% of something that's very expensive and hard to come by, you wouldn't have a job. Whatever corporation owned that company would have gotten rid of you a long time ago because your figures didn't line up. Well, that's not how they did it in, 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 in Washington. That gear was subject to enhanced in-use monitoring, which requires additional layers of verification and protections for certain items, including Stinger and Tomahawk missiles uncrewed aircraft systems, and small-diameter bombs. The audit says that the Pentagon did not maintain an accurate inventory, seriously, of items and failed to update key databases in a timely manner. Several confounding variables, including a limited number of personnel, movement in Ukraine, and a lack of controls to validate key data were to blame, the report said. Importantly, however, the report could not verify whether the delinquent systems were illicitly derived from their intended endpoint or merely not listed in the correct databases. It was beyond the scope of our evaluation to determine whether there has been diversion of such assistance, the report said. Significant personnel limitations and accountability challenges remain. The Biden administration has been keen to insist that there is no evidence the untracked weapons have been stolen or otherwise diverted from their intended purpose. There remains no credible evidence of illicit diversion of U.S.-provided advanced conventional weapons from Ukraine. Now, Saints, Ukraine is one of the most corrupt, especially when it comes to government kind of issues, countries in the world. They're the creme de la creme of corruption on that side. Pentagon spokesperson Major General Patrick Ryder told reporters 
The fact is we observe the Ukrainians employing these capabilities on the battlefield. We're seeing them use them effectively. Many reports to the contrary, General Ryder said, were Russian dis- disinformation. Mm-hmm. Regardless of the Pentagon's confidence in the matter, the audit undermines two years of assurances from the Biden administration that it was employing rigorous monitoring capable of preventing U.S. military aid to Ukraine from being misused. Well, now we know there's no truth in that. That could hurt the administration's attempt to push billions more dollars worth of weaponry into the East European nations. President Joe Biden is currently struggling to win over support for a mammoth $105 billion supplemental defense spending bill, which would send an additional $61 billion in aid to Ukraine. Did they call your house and ask you if that's what you wanted to do? They didn't call me, I can tell you that. The supplemental request is currently stalled in Congress where Democrat and Republican lawmakers disagree on how to best balance funding priorities to Ukraine, Israel, and the United States-owned southern border. President Biden and numerous department heads have said that the move would be good for the American economy, but detractors have accused the administration of war profiteering, prioritizing the profits of defense companies over the nation's national security. That accusation has not been helped by the Pentagon's continued failure to pass an audit of its accounts for six years in a row. As of November, only seven of the Pentagon's 29 sub-agencies received a passing grade on the department-wide audit, presenting no improvement from the previous year. The systems that track some 3.8 trillion, T as in Tom, R-I-L-L-I-O-N, in military assets fail to do what they're supposed to do, according to the independent audit. The new report on oversight in Ukraine likewise says that the Pentagon failed to even maintain accurate serial numbers for some defense articles in Ukraine as required by U.S. policy. Defense Department officials told auditors they expected to have systems for improved oversight in place by next year. How cute. Well, we want to thank the righteous judge for his adjudications on every aspect of that report. And we thank him for it. Amen. Saints, that's where your money went. You wondering where it went? That's where it went. That's where it went. Amen. Let me see. I'm trying to find Brother Marshall. Brother Marshall, put your hand up, please. I'm looking for you. There you are. I found you. I got you. There you are. All right. We're listening, <laughs> but we can't hear you. So press the button, please. Uh, 
Sorry, the little thing I pushed in fell out. The little thing for the headset. I apologize. Oh, Thank there we you. go. Let's try this again. Is that any better? Can you still hear me? Yes, we can, can hear, hear you. Okay, it was very strange what happened on Wednesday, but Father, we thank you that we don't worry about these things and nothing terrified by your adversaries, which is to them an evident token of perdition, which means destruction, but to you of salvation and that of God. If God before us, who can be against us? We thank you that you demonstrated your extraordinary love for each one of us. We don't always see it every second. Sometimes we have need of patience to inherit the promises. Did Father Abraham have to be patient? He had to wait 25 years after he told he was going to have a, this, his uh, son come from his wife, not just from, you know, from somebody his wife suggested as a stopgap measure. But, Father God, we thank you for all people you've created, Ishmael's uh, descendants and uh, Isaac's descendants, because you don't make any junk. You love every human being, Father, each and every one of us, Jew and Gentile alike, you're no respecter of persons. It actually says that, even in that scripture in, in Deuteronomy 10, when it says that you're, the God's chosen people also says he's no respecter of persons, right in the same place. It's like, wow, I never feel So, Father God, we bind every spirit of confusion and fear and worry and everything. We continue to continually come boldly before your throne of grace, casting all of our care upon you because you care for us. And particularly all these items, Pastor Sabrina was so diligent, diligently went through to explain to us, even though we didn't have... Brother Bill here to uh, print them out for us. But that's okay, Father God, because you've given us terrific memories, Father God. And more important than the memories you've given us is you've given us the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost reminds us of the things we need to know. And some of those things we need to know are really, really important, but some of them are not so important. So it's, it's nice to know what the enemy is doing so you can plan, but it's a whole lot more to be wise concerning things that are good. Now, where is that? I think it's in the last book of Romans. There it is. It says, well, your, your obedience has come abroad unto all men. I'm glad, therefore, on your behalf. And yet, I would have you be wise unto that which is good. You get to know who's good. That's God. I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. We don't have to major in minor things like, oh, Satan's doing this terrible thing. He's trying to get people into fear and distraction and and all this stuff, and he's trying to say, oh, boo, and, and, and I, have a, I, have another, I have another thing that calls people to pee in their panties, excuse me. <laughs> so, Father God, but we're all growing up, and, and, and yes, sometimes we have to rush to the bathroom, but that's okay. Thank you for providing restaurants. And more importantly, we need to enter into your rest, because you did it all when you hung on that tree. And you whooped the devil. You totally destroyed the devil. And we thank you for doing so, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, that you came to earth in the flesh, in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. And what does it say in your book, your word that's forever settled in heaven? I think it says in Colossians uh, 2, uh, starting verse 13, and you being dead in your sins, oh, you mean that's, that's, that's when I died to sin, when I was baptized or something. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened or made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses when we received his life, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, 
and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Including the spirit, the murmuring, complaining, all those things. I was really good at that in the past. I was really good at glorifying Satan. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made her show them openly and that triumphing over them in it. Where did he triumph over them? Oh, cross. Is the cross really important? Well, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us in Galatians 3.13, that the blessing of Abraham, that's a good thing to have, might come on the Gentiles. Yeah, even on the Gentiles. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. He might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And Pastor Sabrina has been really honing in on the Spirit tonight, Father. And it says, if any man has not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So she's right. And that's in Romans. I think it's chapter, I don't remember where it is right now. Is it 5, 9, something like that. If any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Maybe it's chapter 9, something. We need the Spirit. We have to drink into one Spirit with him. We have to receive the Holy Spirit. There's lots of different explanations about that. But even even Jesus he, he emptied himself of his divinity when he came to earth. It talks about in the beginning of Philippians chapter 2. Because he did everything he did, the miracles that he did, by Father God working through the Holy Ghost, who was poured upon him when he submitted himself to God. That he fulfilled all righteousness when he went down to the watery grave. But he didn't sin. John the Baptist was right. Well, I need to be baptized of you. But guess what? Jesus fulfilled all righteousness. And what are we going to do? We're going to follow Jesus. We're going to fulfill all righteousness, aren't we? And we're not going to sweat. We're not going to worry. We're not going to bite our nails. It's better to use little nail clippers or scissors or something anyway, probably more hygienic. You know, we're not that hungry. We don't have to eat our nails. So, Father God, we thank you, Lord, that Jesus was nailed to the cross. We think of the song about the nails. And we need to reckon ourselves crucified with Christ to pride, fear, anxiety. What how am I going to do it? Well, how did the Lord provide for his disciples? Did, did they have to take two extra coats or something like that? Did they have to take, you know, a checkbook with them? Did they have to take a bag of money? No, no. The Lord provided for them. And he, and he asked them afterwards, did you lack anything? They said, no, we lack nothing. So, Lord, the body of Christ is not lacking. So we come before you for these different adjudications including this Marky guy and this other one who's trying to put a new rule in against the militias. This whole country started with a bunch of militias because those people that moved over here from different places in Europe, especially England, they weren't too happy about taxation without representation. They thought that wasn't a good thing. They didn't want to have to have uh, whatever they produced uh, go over to England and they, you know come back and so they could buy tea or whatever. So their little Boston Tea Party... And, and there's some parties that are fun, but that was maybe not so much fun. But Father God, it wasn't too particularly violent, but they just decided they needed some militias. And now they, they've they heard about people because they follow all the media, and some people, the different groups of so-called truth-tellers who want to advocate for having militias because that's legal, legitimate under the Constitution to have militias in every state. It's legit, and you know what? If the sheriff, who has the authority to stop uh, rogue governments such as pushed January 6th uh, with the false narrative that the, 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 um, in, in, the, in the states, maybe not the District of Corruption, but in the states, those states that maybe Connecticut doesn't have one in certain areas, but it, it, they still have sheriffs. The sheriff has the ultimate authority 
over the FBI or over the F, whatever the uh, IRS or anything else. They can't just come in willy-nilly. So Father got, but there's some people that say, well, militias are legit, but these guys want to put a new rule in to say they're not legitimate. And so, Father God, we ask you to overturn their plans and their schemes because they're always scheming and planning, and they're kind of put out unjust rules. Somebody can post that scripture, and it's in some. They kind of come up with an unjust rule, one that actually contradicts the document they're supposed to have taken an oath to because there's a lot of people in office these days. They don't have a legal uh, oath of office recorded. They have to have a legal a declaration that they've signed on to the defend the Constitution. But some of these people in high levels, you know, Department of Justice, someplace, they don't have a legal oath of office. Are they not actually serving the people? Because they're not in oath to the Constitution. That means they're illegitimate. So they want to put in new rules to say people can't have legitimate militias, which is part of the Constitution. What's going on here? It sounds like Satan's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. It sounds like he's planning that in all kinds of areas. The people really don't, not the people, the demons and certain people don't seem to like the United States of America. And why is that? Because it was founded on one nation under the God, not, not the God of this world, under the God, the one who created heaven and earth, the one who loves us perfectly and perfect love casts out all fear. That God, the God who sent Jesus to bleed and die in our place when he hung on that tree. So, Father, we ask for adjudication in every one of these things because Jesus has all power in heaven and earth to overturn any ungodly rules and legislations they're putting in and trying to change the, the um, way they're evaluating their new rules they've already put in, like the recreational use of marijuana or Cannabis, Father God. And some say, well, see, it's just fine, you know. Abortion's just fine. Cannabis is just fine. And there may be some cases where some people who don't understand about spiritual things, Father God, particularly, but they're just in agony and they need a little bit of relief. And it's nice, I guess. It's better than the, the suicide rate that they're pushing in different areas, Father God. But, Father God, we're supposed to hold every thought captive. Does cannabis help us to do that? Does cannabis help us to cast all of our cares on the Lord because he cares for us? You said in your word in 2 Timothy 1.7, God, the creator God, the one who loves us perfectly, God has not given us the spirit of fear, power, and of love, and of a sound mind. I bind you, Satan, everyone, including every lying and deceiving spirit. Every spirit of ungodly fear is bound in Jesus' name. And I think Tammy, whoever it was, was hit hit the nail on the head um, when she said, I think it was, where is that, Lord? It was a while ago. I don't know. Which one of, it might have been Tammy. I'm not sure. Maybe it was. But anyway, you says in your word, Father God, in Proverbs 19, verse 5, a false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall not escape. So whether they're speaking lies about this thing about militias or they're speaking lies about cannabis or they're speaking lies about, oh, what do we do with the money? They think it's their money. They're the ones, well, the bankers, mostly out of London, the 14 families, you know, with all the big, all the big connections, the Rothschilds and, the Rothschilds and all that. 
says, the false witness shall not be unpunished, and he that speaketh lies shall perish, in verse 9. Proverbs 19.9. So, Father, we call in your remembrance of your words. You put me in remembrance of us. Plead together, together with our big brother Jesus. And you said, if two of you on earth agree to us, anything you ask, it shall be done, my Father, which is in heaven. We ask for divine help, interventions, and adjudication in every one of these situations. And we thank you, Father God, for giving Jesus all power in heaven and in earth. Because he's our Savior. You sent your Son to be the Savior of the world. And his name is Jesus, and it means Savior, because he came in your name. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, who blessed you out of the house of the Lord. And you said in verse 4 of Isaiah 9 and following, For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden, the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. You know what happened when Midian was coming against the Israelites? That's when Israelites were trying to serve the Lord, at least maybe they were getting getting spanked by the Lord because they were backslidden again. And like many of us have, I have too. I'm not trying to say I'm the only one who's never backslidden. That would be a lie. And then I don't want to do that because liars don't go to heaven. So, Father God, we pray for those people who are liars, habitual liars. And the, the people are into strife because people with strife, don't they don't go to heaven either, it says in Galatians 5. So, Father God, that's not a healthy thing. We can't be in strife. So we, we love every human being. But we separate the human beings from the demons that are operating through some of them, or some of them look like human beings. Whether they are or not, I'm not sure. Maybe some of them are walk-ins or something similar. But, Father God, you said every battle of the warriors with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning and fuel of fire. Because God will provide himself a lamp for a burnt offering. And that's what happened. You know, people get by matzah for their Passover celebration, for the Seder or whatever. The matzah is burnt. In a little place, the other little blacks but pierced and striped, just like Jesus was pierced and striped. And some of the Jewish people don't have eyes yet. Well, Father, we ask you to give the real Jewish people eyes to see. Give them eyes to see that they can, their hearts can turn to their, their Messiah, who they didn't know he came the first time. <laughs> he came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Thank you for giving us power to become the sons of God. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. For unto us a child is born, it says in Isaiah 9, 6. Unto us a son is given. Thank you for the gift of your son, Father. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's coming soon to rule and reign. And his name shall be called Wonderful. That's Pele, or secret. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Pastor Green is really honing in on love and peace tonight. And how do we have love and peace? Only with God, because Jesus came to wash away our sins in his own blood. We can't make ourselves righteous. We can't do enough good deeds. We can't keep 600-something laws, to, to, to whatever. Hard enough, hard, hard enough time keeping the Ten Commandments, right? We're not supposed to murder. It says if we hate somebody, it says in, in 1 John, wherever that is, is it uh, chapter 3, verse 15 or something? If we hate somebody, it says we're a murderer. So we have to love everybody. If there's Joe Biden still in this earthly body, if he's really a man, and even all his multiple doubles, we love the people that are actually people, Father. We pray that you'll save their souls and their different witches and warlocks and those in the different groups and cults and Masonic lodges and the Illuminati and those different people that can be saved. Maybe they're little underlings. Maybe those, those that have been trapped in their little pedophile rings or whatever. I ask you to save all the children, Father. Got the little children, the big children. And those children in harm's way, Father God, from these people want to ram through new laws to keep abortion on tap, particularly in Florida, and particularly this, this uh, third adjudication, Father God, in Jesus' name. We ask for your 
proper adjudications concerning the recreational use of marijuana, Father God, and you'll teach the law enforcement officers, those are actually trying to do their job. They're not too busy just trying to take down Amish farmers. Father God, those are actually trying to do what's right, according to the Constitution, that they'll help protect the people that are on the road. Father God, and we thank you, the real human beings, that is, and we thank you for all the benefits of Psalm 121, Father God. We're blessed going out, blessed coming, and thank you for giving the angels charge of all of us. So, Father, we overturn this, this group in Florida that's trying to enshrine abortion in Florida. We ask you to, we thank you, Father God, that you're going to overturn what they did in Ohio already. They rammed it through, Father God. A lot of people are not too happy about that, Father God. And people might not be too happy about, oh, we just misplaced, what is it, $1.7 billion in military equipment? Oh, well, that's another $1.7 billion, you know. I mean, maybe Hunter can give us a loan from everything he got from all those different con- connections and different companies and different. Father God, we ask, Father God, if you can save Hunter Biden, save his soul, Lord. If you can save Nikki Haley, save her soul, Lord. If you can save Michelle or Michael Obama, whatever his or her name is, Father God, save that person's soul, Lord. I don't know if you can. I really don't know. I don't even know if they're really human and fully, fully human. Maybe they are. If you can save Michael Pence's soul, save his soul, Lord. Some of them come through. They look all nicely religious, but religion is not relationship with the creator God. And I'm not here to accuse anybody because I've got a lot more fingers pointing back at me if I'm pointing at anybody else. So, Father, we ask for your divine help and adjudication. Satan, you're bound. All your underlings are bound from our position seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, according to Ephesians 2, 6, according to Proverbs 18, 10. For the name of the Lord is the strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. And how do we get there? By getting down on our knees, taking the cup of salvation and calling upon your name. He said, what shall I render unto the Lord for his benefits? And shall take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. That whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be so so, shall be saved, healed, delivered, preserved, and made whole. Say, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. We thank you, Father God, for waking up the body of Christ all over your earth, not just the United States, not just Canada, not just Europe, all over your earth, including in the Middle East, Father God, where so many people are stressed out and, and, and controlled by God knows what. We ask to deliver us from all ungodly influences in every area, chemical influences, frequency influences, social media influences, psychological influences from a psychological warfare that is being pumped out by, oh, the likes of the CIA and Mossad and, and other groups in, in various nations, those that are still called nations. But, Father God, you said all the nations are like a drop in the bucket to you, Lord. And it says in... Um, I think it's earlier on in Isaiah 40. And they're like nothing to you, Lord. But you care about each one of us. You know how many hairs are on our head. And this is absolutely mind-boggling, Father, to me, that you care about how many hairs are on Donald Trump's head. You care about what he's thinking about. And not just him, each and every one of us. And Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he said, how, did he do, how can he do that? Because... He did come in the flesh, but but when he was and di- when he was resurrected, he was resurrected physically. But he's at the right hand of the Father right now, interceding for each one of us. And the Holy Ghost, when we allow him to, groans through us to pray through us. So, Father, help us to yield to your Spirit, Father God, doing whatever He wants, Father God, building ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, looking for the mercy of the Lord unto everlasting life looking for that mercy. You take a little cup of salvation. Hey, we get to see the mercy. Jesus poured out his blood for us. 
because he's that vine. He's the vine. We're just the little branches. We've got to stay connected to him, tightly connected, Father God, in Jesus' name. And as we're connected to him, Father God, you hear our prayers as we repent and renounce all sins. And we thank you for, as we believe in your name, as we believe in your name, written in the blood of the Lamb, not just on our lips, but in our hearts, Father God. You always look at the heart, Father God. And what's in the natural, physical heart is blood. And what kind of blood did Jesus have? Very, very, very holy blood. He came, he, as the Father has life in himself, so Jesus has life in himself. So that life of sprinkling, the blood of sprinkling, is speaking better things than that able to Father, forgive them. That those that can be forgiven, that will turn to their heart to the Lord Jesus, multiple people in multiple nations, Father God, many in the valley decision, and save their souls, including those in, in Florida trying to make determinations about this upcoming vote, Father God, about whether to keep uh, murdering babies is a, is a nice thing for people to have available, uh, just in case they, they want to follow hedonism instead of following God. Uh, some people want to follow um, you know, AI uh, follow uh, a different God. They they want to they want to look on their on their uh, electronic device for their answers instead of looking in the Word of God. But you said, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, Heavenly Father. Let him ask of God who giveth all men liberally and abradeth not, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. So we're not going to be double-minded. We're not going to waver. So unite each one of our hearts to fear you, Lord, and to walk in your love, to walk in peace at all times. In Jesus' name, and we thank you. Satan, you're bound. All your unknowns are bound. Jesus already defeated you. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. It says in, um, where is that? In 1 John 3, 8. For as much then as their children are partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise took part of the same, that through death might destroy him that had, that's past tense, had the power of death, that is the devil. The devil can't harm a Christian unless we allow him to. So we... Continue to rejoice in the Lord, because we're your Holy Ghost-filled temples. We're the filled with the Holy Ghost. How God anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness above his fellows. He was, he was looking for, the, for the, the joy that was set before him when he's hanging, hanging on that tree, hanging on that cross, taking our curses. He was whipped and punished in our place. He was beaten, despised, spit upon, and rejected. Some of us, well, we've been rejected. Well, how about Jesus? Was he ever rejected? <laughs> How about Jesus? I love this little boy.